A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a podcast from The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Welcome to the Game Podcast, your home for expert football punditry. Finally, we have some Premier League action to analyze. With me to discuss an eventful first weekend are Patty Barkley, Tony Cascarino, and from lovely downtown Barnes, it's Matt Dickinson. We'll be focusing on Newcastle's bruising class with Arsenal and Manchester United's defense of the crown. Plus, on the eve of the Champions League qualifiers, we'll be discussing some big movers and shakers on the continent, some of whom may surprise you. So stay with us for the next 35, 40 minutes or so. All right, well, I think we're going to start at St. James Park this week. Um, but before we get into discussing the world's uh, third most famous tweeter, um, I want to ask something. I want to throw it to you, Patty. Yeah. Uh, can Arsenal be competitive without Nasri, Sask, and Wilshire? Mm, well, uh, probably not. I mean, they, they, the first two, yes. I mean, they're going to have to be. Um, but, uh, I mean, to be without all three... Um, you know, smacked of carelessness. Um, I, it, 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 it's going to be difficult. It would be difficult for any team in the world without the three most creative players. And uh, I think the sooner they get round to rebuilding around uh, Wilshire and someone else, um, the better, because obviously the other two have gone for good. Uh, Dicko, I, I mean, the reason I started with this and before we you know, stop talking about football and start talking about uh, the insanity is, th- is the fact that uh, you know, in a game like this, Newcastle went out there, they were compact, and I thought you know, this will follow a certain script whereby you know, Arsenal dominate possession and pass the ball around and create chances and, and, and Newcastle will hang in there. But instead, I certainly got the impression that uh, it didn't follow that script and that uh, basically it was a boring, badly played game for um, for most of the ninety minutes, uh, it wasn't a great game, and, and you know clearly Ramsey and Song um, you know not not quite um, well particularly on their game. Um, but I mean, to be honest, in the circumstances uh, and there's a sort of supposed crisis of confidence around Arsenal. I didn't think it was necessarily the worst um, start. I mean, considering they, um, I mean, you know. 
they're going to get uh, lose Javinho for a few games of suspension and Song as well. So it's hardly hardly a good day at the office. But um, in some ways, um, they didn't lose this game, and if they can get through the Udinese game tomorrow night with some kind of positivity, then I, I almost think they're just going to have to sort of try and move on um, as fast as possible, um, avoiding disasters basically for the next two or three weeks. That seems to be the name of the, name of, um, the game at Arsenal at the moment. It's just avoiding disasters that will allow the fans to get um, even more hysterical uh, and, and almost bring down the season before it's even started. Yeah. Cass, um, you mentioned Alex on there, so let's get straight into it. Um, I'm assuming nobody's going to argue that he should not have been sent off, right? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. can you explain, like, you know, this kind of stuff happens, but can you explain, like, all right, you're on the pitch, uh, you, you get fouled, you don't like Joey Barton, whatever. Um, what do you get out of doing stuff like that? Out of out of, out of the stamp, the thing calculated to hurt? Are you sending a message? Are you? It just doesn't seem like you're trying to wind him up. Well, sometimes, I mean, I've been there myself. Sometimes players do go out in the football field with a premeditated intention of doing something daft. You know, and if they know they're up against Joey Barton and they know he's going to make a few rash challenges and make it difficult, they might have it in their head that they're not going to lay down and just take it and they, they can react. Sometimes it's heat of the moment. Um, what, did it look heat of the moment to you with Alex Hong? Um, yeah, it did, but I think he, he made a couple of tackles on Joey Barton prior to that. But, you know, he was trying to make a, a bit of an intent in the game and an impact. And um, I, footballers do daft things. I mean, look, we, we're talking about Song getting involved in making challenges and slapping people around the face like, like you know, Jovino did for the, the sending off. And I, it's very, very difficult because footballers do this on a regular basis. And some of them, and as we well know, because Joey Barton's been the guy that's done off the off the cuff stuff for so long that we don't we don't he doesn't disappoint us i think it's probably not that relevant whether Gervinho dived or not to really go and discuss what happened afterwards Quite. with joey barton Quite. and walton but just to get this out of the way i i, I thought the 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 Gervinho incident was a classic incident where the the you know the attacking player knows the defender's leg is there he lets himself fall into it and a striker will generally tell you that oh well there's contact that's a penalty and a defender will generally tell you no he ran into me mm. um am i wrong here Cass? Um, no, unfortunately in the modern game, and I sort of touched on it a bit this morning, one of my points is that there are players that are hell-bent on trying to deceive everybody. And I said it before, the game is riddled with cheating and taking advantage. It's one of the only sports where you get patted on the back if you cheat. Um, and I watched the Stoke-Chelsea game. Okay, well, we'll, we'll no, I'm not going to go off. No, on Frank, that. You're, you're, no, you're not going to criticize lo- Frank Lampard. No, are you? no, loads okay, of players. We from that, yeah. Loads we don't of players. Do that. Loads of players were looking to get penalties, and like that incident, it's so common in the modern game. And I've wondered if we'd gone as far what I saw last year. I thought, could it go get worse this year? The evidence of the first weekend of the the program was quite clearly yes. Players were desperately trying to get penalties because they're awarded so easily, and players are brilliant at conning referees and you know 
getting the defender to just outstretch a leg. And the moment they see that leg, they're going for it. They're, mm. they're going for that outstretched leg. You know? And players must be, defenders must be absolutely scared to death about leaving legs a little bit, you know, just randomly a half a, you know, wider than they should be. Maybe be a little less, maybe be a little less uncoordinated and, and stay on your feet. And then uh, and Even, yeah, as a defender, Gab, it Gab, won't happen. Gab, you can stay on your feet and a, a forward who's good at it can make the, sure that the, you the, still get the, caught. The defender, but, the defender the, the Javinho incident stayed on his feet. Yeah. They're he, brilliant here. I've seen so many play, players attempt, and they can do it when you're even standing so, there and not even attempting to make it. So you guys challenge. are saying then that it's not a penalty and that Jovino cheated. No, yes. I didn't think it was a penalty. I, I, but I didn't think it was a penalty, and I, I, I certainly wouldn't have. Uh, I mean, Alan Shearer, I mean, Cass, you know, international centre forward, thought it was diving. Alan Shearer, international centre forward, said it was a penalty. You know, I don't think it was one of those where there, where there was any excuse. I think the whole point was not the dive or otherwise. Um, uh, but, but what happened afterwards? That no, was a and, disgrace. To and, and, and we'll get to that. I just, I just wanted to take the clear stuff because I, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, Gervinho stuff because he clearly looks for it, looks for the contact. Mm. Uh, Dick, I just wanted to get get you on this uh, penalty. Uh, I would have, if, I, if I was the referee, I would have given a penalty, and I guess that's the, the sort of distinction. I mean, it's, it's we can argue all day and about was he looking for a leg, but in real time, isn't um, that the problem, Matt? Isn't that the exact problem? Is because we're getting players that are getting so good and so we actually can say one will go yes, you'll say no, I'll say yes, and and that is that is a problem right. in itself. Well, it is, but how are we going to get around that problem? Well, it's hard, isn't it? The game played at, the game played at speed with... with to, 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 try and, to try and give Cass a wee bit of hope I know he didn't see the Real Madrid-Barcelona game last night but two what I thought were absolutely certain penalties one for each side were turned down um, and in the second case um, I think it was Sanchez or Pedro was, was brought down and it was just one of those instances where the referee, I think, felt that an honest attempt to be to uh, to get the ball has been, had been made, and therefore gave the defender the benefit of the doubt. And I guess that's what Cass is looking for. So you find out who the ref was if the Clasico last night, and uh, and give him a pat on the back because that's the kind of refing you're looking for. So Walton can see Joey Barton making a beeline for yes. Jovino. And he turns around and starts running up the pitch. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know where he was going or what he was doing, but so he doesn't actually see um, Barton coming in, grabbing him, manhandling him, and he he only catches the melee afterwards. Now, again, I don't want to pick on referees, but this is what you call a technical mistake. This is, I, to me, unless somebody can write in and clarify, maybe somebody from the Premier League, um, this to me is somebody is a referee not following basic instructions. I, I can give a referee a pass if he doesn't see an incident or if he interprets it a certain way. But if he's looking in the wrong direction, then I kind of have a problem with it. Mm. Um, that said, we get the the, the so-called handbags. Jovino reaches out, slaps Barton. Barton waits a couple beats and then throws himself mm-hmm. to the ground. Now mm-hmm. Cass is laughing. Uh, Patty, you're not. I guess you don't think it's funny. No, I don't think it's funny at all. I mean. It's partly the timing. I mean, last Monday and Tuesday, uh, our society, of which football, believe it or not, is a part, underwent a massive trauma. We then move on to the weekend, and surely to God, 
the, uh, the players of the Premier League who, let's face it, cannot be argued to be victims of urban deprivation since they live in the suburbs and are certainly not deprived, have no excuse for what was, in effect, however minor, a riot. Barton committed what, uh, I mean, I went to my local pub and I said, if somebody had done what Barton had done to one of your customers, he said, it had been banned for life. We don't have it in here. And I think the FA should not only charge Barton with starting the whole thing, but should charge both teams with failing to control their players. And that way, the season could begin with at least a faint hope that football will be a help to society at its time of need rather than a hindrance. Dick, are you as much of an optimist as uh, Paddy? I'm not I'm not quite as um, uh, as upset by the whole affair as, uh, as as Paddy's got to be said. I mean, it was, it was ugly as hell, and, and I, the biggest conclusion I drew it from is just more to do with with Barton deciding that he should, um, uh, you know, he, he's he's the, he's the lawmaker, um, he's judge, jury, and everything else as to whether it was a dive or not. Um, he he should um, meet out his own little bit of justice. Um, he set himself up. Um, I mean, I don't know if uh, we all follow him on Twitter, but he's um, he's becoming increasingly sort of outspoken about um, the fate of newspapers. Um, I see he said we'd all be out of jobs soon. Um, he's becoming uh, quite a little philosopher. Um, uh, opinions on anything, everything, um, uh, and and. Uh, <laughs> He's a bit. I remind me a bit of the kid who sort of turns up in um, orange boots on the on on the Sunday morning pitch. You you'd, you'd better be good if you're going to um, set yourself up like that. And Bart, Barton's just not that good. He's he's throwing his weight around um, a bit thuggishly, and that's what that was the the, the cause of the cause of that little melee on uh, Saturday. All right, Cass, we can't. I mean. I, I, I agree largely with what Dicko says. We, we can't make Barton pay, you know, on the pitch for his absurd behavior um, off the pitch, at least the non-criminal behavior, the one he supposedly reformed from. Um, but I, I, what gets me is if you're Barton there, and, and, and maybe there is no thought process, maybe it's instinctive, you know that even if you successfully dive... Um, and, and that looked really, really bad um, to get Gervinho sent off. You're going to be crucified in the media. Referees are going to look at you. They're going to look at you in a different way. You're going to become uh, a laughing stock. And I think largely he is with, 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 with that sort of behavior. Um, does he not think that this is actually bad for Joey Barton to to go and do that or does he not think at all or does that not go through your mind um, I think sometimes he does think and like I touched on a bit earlier he premeditates some of the stuff he comes out with that doesn't work and then sometimes he's instinct- instinctive and that doesn't work either but surely, I don't sh- surely Joey, that throwing Joey himself to the ground like that was not instinctive because he waits yeah. several beats before yeah, he does that yeah he, it was, yeah it was premeditated in the way he and then he tells it. you know he says he punched me he punched me I mean he's just a bald faced liar right um yeah, I mean, look, he's a guy that is totally confused by himself, I should think. He's one of them guys you never know what you're going to get day in, day out. I can imagine him turning up at the training ground. What type of Joey is going to be there today? Mm. Is it going to be the irrational Joey that's going to completely be off the wall? Or is it going to be the you know, philosopher Joey that comes out with these quotes that no one would probably associate with him and probably think, well, you know, has he read something today? And that's yeah. the new There's idea. There's a website of the day. called Bartlett's, uh, with Bartlett's Familiar Quotations. I, I think <laughs> well, he has yeah. it bookmarked. Um, it's a cut and paste job. It's it's look, 
the bottom line is that I've said it before Joey is a decent footballer he's not a great footballer he's a decent player but the way he's carrying on and Paddy touched on about all the incidents of last week and football you know you've got to remember that lots of players come from backgrounds where some would be hooligans some would be louts some would be guys on the street you know causing trouble I can remember many conversations with players when a fight broke out on the terraces they were watching the fight on the terraces while the game was going on you know there are players that come from type of backgrounds and bling bling culture and we see it a lot we all know we've met them you know I've played with some guys and and they just don't learn I mean Joey for all what you've you've said Gab is is true I don't think he's ever ever going to learn the the way he conducts himself I don't see him he thinks himself as a role model I think he seems himself as a role uh, model for the guys on the terraces that are going to cause problems he's certainly more of a role model to be fair than his half brother who of course is currently serving 17 years in Mm. prison for his role in the racially motivated murder Mm. Uh, and I know maybe I'm not supposed to say this but nobody ever brings this up but I mean I I, I don't obviously you don't blame Joey Biden for it but this is part of the environment where he grew up, right? Mm, yeah. And that's why I t- touched on with Paddy is that some of these guys do come from backgrounds and of course we're not so associating. What? So what? So what? The game has to be run. I'm not excusing the it, The game Paddy. is run, has to be run by the, uh, principally by the Football Association as, as it would be in an ideal world. Uh, on the basis of, uh, of respectable, traditional... Um, generally accepted values, values that are accepted across all religions, all ages of decent society. And it's no good, you know, analysing about what background people came from. The rules must be laid down by football and rigorously interpreted. We have learned over the last week where we've gone wrong in society as a whole. That's difficult. That's very complex to put right. Mm. In football... It should never have gone wrong. It's easy. We can do it tomorrow. And it should have been done today, this very morning, by the FA. They should have made a clear statement that anything remotely looking like a riot, anything that hints at violence, at, 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 at violence outside the context of a football match, of course you can have an overzealous tackle, that's football. Uh, that that will be treated with zero tolerance. So don't come talking to me about backgrounds and God knows what. We know that. We know that half of them, you know, during hooliganism, half of the players would have been hooliganism if they would have been hooligans if they hadn't been players. It's not an excuse. They've got the chance not only to get but out Paddy, of it themselves, it. but I'm they've got that's... the chance to prevent others no, I'm not, from terrorizing Paddy, decent I'm not society. excusing it. I'm not saying what they did is right or wrong. I'm saying that. Some of these guys come from these backgrounds. I just think we and should stop. Is, I just think we should they stop. are going to do things, but they are going to do things like that. That is what they do, and and, well, and they so will continue. To, they will continue to do things until society comes down on them like a ton of bricks. I, I, That's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I might say, I may add. Um, Cass says, you know, this is what they do. They do things like that. A lot. of you should also be pointing out. Many people come from the exact same backgrounds yeah, and, uh, and do and not behave totally that way. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. uh, Dicko, sorry, did you want to jump in with something before? The thing is, this is not the worst. I mean, I, I can I sort of take Paddy's point that you know, first first weekend of the season. You know, is the time to uh, lay down the marker. But equally, um, uh, you know, and, and this it was not a pretty scene. But um, I suspect we're going to see, um, you know, on the on, on the scale of it, we're going to see many worse before it's out. We are unfortunately think, uh, because we didn't smash this. But I don't think, but I don't think this. finding. 
finding Newcastle and Arsenal, you know, fifty grand, fifty grand each, um, and that's on the draconian days, isn't isn't, isn't going to make much difference to that. I, put, I, th- I, th- I think I think basically, if a fine and a suspended one point penalty would make sure there were no more riots in the rest of the season. You want you you are quite right to predict that there will be more. Of course there will, as long as authority retreats and we saw it on the streets all last week as long as authority retreats evil will step in and move forward it's as simple as that well looking forward for arsenal um huge uh, champions league qualifier uh, against udinese uh, a, a somewhat tricky side potentially uh, patty can you just Frame yeah. up what's at stake yeah, over these two legs. You touched on it earlier, Gab. You know, damage and and Dico did. In fact, we all did. Damage limitation, basically, to get through this week. Uh, to, the number one requirement is to keep a clean sheet. I think we might see the most cautious home performance from Arsenal for a while. Uh, keep a clean sheet because uh, Arsenal should be able to 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 score in Udine. I mean, I think that. Uh, uh, it's going to be. A, it, it, it's, although it's only a qualifying match, it's it's absolutely vital uh, to the, to Arsenal's season. And uh, I don't know if uh, Wilshire's going to be there, but uh, I think he, he, you know. It, it, I don't know what they they can inject, but he he's got to play in this game because he's he's the cutting edge of the team. We saw it at Newcastle. I I, I think that they should have been out of sight by half time. They weren't. They can't afford that uh, against Udinese. Newcastle fans, um, I, I actually wanted to talk more about Newcastle because I, I thought you guys looked more solid than many of us expected. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get to that in the next couple of weeks and you'll still be solid. Down we go from Newcastle to the Hawthorns, uh, West Brom and, and Manchester United. I, I, I thought there was a bit of a, a seesaw for uh, uh, for United. Uh, they started well. Uh, they looked really sharp. They take the lead. Then uh, Vidic and Ferdinand get hurt. West Brom equalized. They had a screw-up. And then Ashley Young scores a winner. Um, uh, Dicko, uh, how important is it, given that United generally start slowly, uh, how important is it that they got the three points um, given the injuries that they've sustained? A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
moderately important. I mean, I don't, you know, Dunning would have um, would have been too, uh, or they'd have been you know, wildly perturbed if, uh, if they'd drawn it. But yeah, no, I mean, it was a, a positive start to them. The great thing is that Young, as you say, is, is sort of fitting in like a like a man new player and um, you know he's not not a, even sort of Dwight York almost um, the way he's fitted in as if um, you know I love this I love this shirt I love this scene um, I, I'm, I'm going to relish it Rooney I think is primed for a colossally good season um, assuming that um, Scandal doesn't get in the way um, or metatarsals um, I really hope um, that uh, he can uh, he can be back to the player of, of, of two seasons ago um, and centre halves you know I mean now we know why um, Young Jones joined Man United he was very close very tempted with Arsenal but um, he was sort of reassured that he would get game time at United and um, as Ferdinand hobbled off um, soon after Vidic, um, you know, <laughs> there, there was the evidence for him. He's going to, he is going to play a lot this season, which is um, good news for him. Probably good news uh, for England too. So, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of positives. With the one obvious exception being um, the lad in goal, who, um, I mean, yeah, the physicality. He, he's entitled to be um, slightly um, put out by the physicality being barged around, but I mean, the shot stopping. There's no excuse for that goal. Yeah, and we'll get to De Gea in a minute. Um, Cassie, I just want to ask you about Vidic and Ferdinand. I mean, obviously, you weren't a centre-half, but you played against them. Um, as they get older, as they get more niggly injuries, um, is a centre-half perhaps somewhat more affected than than a striker might be? Um, a lot of centre-halves, centre-halves have back problems. I mean, and obviously, Rio has had quite a number. It's been well documented over the last year or so, and... The trouble is, with back problems, as we all know, that your hamstrings, your calves suffer, and if you're not spot on, and they show the signs of, you know, played a lot of football, a lot of hard games. Vidic is a no-nonsense type of centre-half. Like John Terry, he had back problems. He had to deal with lots of niggling injuries as well because they put their, you know, their body on the line a lot in that position. They attack every ball. So it's, you know, it's a very, very damaging physically to you as a player. And, I, you know, I, I can't see Rio playing much more than last year. OK, it's easy in hindsight after the West Brom game, but he's had two years, really, two, three years of lots and lots of indifferent problems. And I just think that um, maybe Lady Time has caught up with him as a player, was playing from a very, very young age, played a lot, a lot of football from 17 to where he is now. And is it a coincidence that he's missing more than he's playing? over the last few years the key component of Ferguson's teams has always been uh, the triangle the, even at Aberdeen you know Leighton McLeish Miller um, uh, Schmeichel Pallister Bruce you know you can always talk about that triangle there that that basis and at the moment he hasn't got that because the goalie's like a jelly and the centre backs are trying to get to know each other um, so get in there I, I would say if I was if I was QPR playing Manchester United now I'd go I'd go at them fly uh, at them. you guys are saying right, the goalie's like a jelly um, it's a direct quote from, from Paddy there I want to make a point about the hair I mean I you're talking about the joint second most expensive goalkeeper in history mm. I think no matter how good he is, you know it's likely that they severely overpaid for him when you look at the fact that he's 20 years old, you look at his body of work. However, one thing that struck me over the weekend is 
you know, he obviously made a, a, a mistake, a, a pretty bad one. It's a second straight week he's made it. What gets me is I think there's two fallacies here. One is people say, like, we've well, got to get used to the early burly of the Premier League and it's all not, this high balls. It had nothing it. to do with the mistakes he made. There was footwork. He didn't he, use his feet. Well, that's he, why he let in a goal with Jekyll. And that's why he let in the goal against Long. I, 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 dis- and, I disagree with you, Gab. Um, that the mistakes were one thing, but there was also uh, many situations, probably two or three in the game, where the ball's been put in a certain area, mm. bodies are around him, and he isn't physically capable of dealing with it. Mm. Now that's apart from the mistakes. He isn't physically he didn't, capable. No, he and didn't look like big it. accusation. Well, I mean. He came off second best every time. Yeah. So he, he, you know, you have a stature goalkeeper. They come and collect. They take people with them out the way, and they you, they come and get it. And your defence is totally assured. By what your keeper's doing. Do you know, that, uh, do you know what he is? He's Aurelio Gomez without the shot stopping. I mean, he, I can't see <laughs> what he's got. You've just he, killed him there. He, I mean, that is what he is. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I, it's unfair to. Cause the, the boy's 20. But how on earth? He could have uh, Ferguson and all these millions of gold. Uh, what is the Tony Colton? Is he still there? No, Tony? they have a different. All right, um, whoever, whoever. How on earth? He's had Alan Hodgkinson over the years. You know. Yeah. How on earth they could have watched this boy week in, week out, and then signed him uh, for the first team? I just don't know. Uh, he can only be judged in what's going to happen in the next few weeks and, and months because, you know, the, everybody suffers, Gab. Everybody will suffer if you're not doing as well as you know you can and other people around you expect, you know, you to perform to a certain level. If you don't, it does, you know, your back four will raise eyebrows. You know, whoever plays at the heart of the defence will be looking at each other and thinking, mm. don't trust him to come and get this off if it's hanging here. I'm going to have to go after it. Mm. I'm going to have to attack it. And, and, and that the, happens. There is also, I mean, it's always a risk, and Ferguson should have known this, uh, presumably did, that's a risk signing a goalkeeper from Spain, OK, Reina's done all right, but what's the what's the flaw in Reina's makeup, the six-yard box? Because in Spain... Uh, you're not allowed to touch a goalkeeper in the six-yard box. Every referee observes that. And, of course, I must say, I'm looking forward to Man United Stoke. When is it? <laughs> right, that, that, that's brutal there, Paddy. Uh, one, one, one last thing, just to wrap this up. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Chris, the producer, is looking at me funny, and he's got the disappointing thing. Chris, it's not my fault. We have to talk about West Brom as well. There are Baggies fans out there. You're shaking your head, just like, just like the Spurs fan that you are. Paddy, i got to ask you about West Brom um, and, mm. and your oh, boy Roy Hodgson. Terrific. I looked at the numbers in the game and statistics lie, but they had 14 shots on goal. Well, United's nine. Cass has um, just told you why. Because they, um, in fact, somebody took a shot from 40 yards. Um, What's the Shana. outlook with Roy Hodgson? Because, well, I mean, they'd obviously they, they, were, they were targeting De Gea. Oh, mid-table, certainly. I mean, they were 11th last season. Um, they will be the most consistent of the um, relatively poor clubs because they have a team shape. They keep to it. Every player knows what he has to do. And, and by the way, the spirit was good. I mean, with... 15 minutes to go in that game they were bombarding De Gea and you thought there's only going to be one winner here well just shows how much I know <laughs> Ashley Young has that fantastic skill that Cass never quite um, mastered of being able to bounce the ball into the net off two players there you go <laughs> I bounced a few uh, players <laughs> <laughs> yeah you bounced the players in the net <laughs>
All right, I have a very simple question here for my panel, and you can all cheat by reading ahead so you'll know the answer here, but I'll chuck it to you, Dicko. What do Malaga, Paris Saint-Germain, and Manchester City have in common? Uh, they all pay vast sums of money to footballers um, fueled by uh, fueled by Middle East oil and gas. Correct. Bing, 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 bing. Um, for those who don't know, Malaga have their own Qatari sheikh. Uh, he's a wealthy one, since they all are. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain are owned by, uh, I believe it's a Qatari sovereign fund that has 70% of the club. And they've spent uh, uh, very big this summer. Um, you know, Malaga uh, getting people like Tulalan, like like Fran Nisteroy, like Santi Cazorla for, I think, in excess of $20 million. Paris Saint-Germain, of course, Javier Pastore, Kevin Gamero, uh, Matuidi, um, a lot of uh, Sirigu, Momo Sissoko, and of course City, as they say, needs no introduction. Um, Dick, I want to ask you, I, it's interesting, we're in an age of financial fair play, so presumably these things will even them out a little bit, but is it a sign of health that these investors from the Gulf are putting their money into European leagues, and, and does it mean much that, you know, instead of coming to the Premier League where everybody wants to be because it's the best in the world, um, you know, they opted, the most recent ones opted for Malaga and uh, Paris Saint-Germain? Well, Paris Saint-Germain, I, I, I guess, you know, there's the uh, sense of the, the great football cliche of, of sleeping giant. Um, and I mean, there's a there's a vast constituency there, um, in, you know, in terms of sort of potential uh, fan base. I mean, I, ultimately, anything that Qatar do, I can't possibly um, understand. I mean, I, you know, let's, we could go World Cup, we could go um, paying, I suppose, foundation paying Barcelona 25 million a year, and the only charity in the world that. Um, needs to advertise itself for that. I, you know, why they are doing all this, you know, to get the name of Qatar out there, there must be some there must be some paper somewhere in the Qatari office that says this is a good idea to throw all this money at sport, but um you know, don't don't ask me to explain it to, to justify it. Um and I mean well if you know, as I'm sure Paddy will have particularly strong feelings about, it's it's driving inflation in football. I mean, you know, Paris Paris I think the record transfer previous to this was twenty million tops and they just paid was it thirty seven million for a pastore, is it? I mean you know, we're not just talking in small little leaps, we're talking, you know, changing the face of of, of the finance. Um and that while that brings money into football, most of that money drains um straight into the pockets of the players. So you know, there there are there are there are big wide um ramifications for this. Paddy, um, well, I agree with all of that. I think that uh, the, the the only thing that doesn't alarm me, uh, the only thing that that I cling to, is that there is the the inflation at the moment, which is rampant. Um, you know, sorry, okay, sorry. I, this is one of those things where people then accuse me of being a bully and stuff, and uh-huh, because I'm in front fine, of the microphone. Fine. But I apologize. You guys talk about rampant inflation. Spending is down. Across Europe, what are you talking about? You're talking about wage inflation. Is that what you're talking about? Because on terms of transfer fees, yep. if it wasn't for these people, it would be way down. It would be down like sixty or seventy percent. Uh-huh. Um, even with them, it's still down year on year, and it's down from the highs of of two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yes. So there is no transfer fee. I think. Inflation. I think if you were to ask Sir Alex Ferguson, he would he he would describe the inflation situation as as rampant, and of course he's partly responsible for it <laughs> yes, because I'd of Wayne so. Rooney's <laughs> wages. But but as a as a consequence of that, 
that Wesley Snyder is out of even Manchester United's price range. But I, I do think that the inflation, such as it is, um, will decrease. I think at the moment people are tooling up for financial fair play. I think it's interesting that the Arabs uh, seem to have the idea, perhaps uh, inspired by the Etihad deal at Manchester City, that they can circumvent financial fair play. But regardless of that, I think that that there will be increasing investment in football in the lead-up to financial fair play because, of course, if financial fair play works, it will be a very, very profitable industry. That's exactly my point here. And it's easy to generalise about the golf and, and and, and Qataris, but Cass, um, the guy who owns Malaga, he's a rich guy from Qatar. He's nothing to do with the government, although I'm sure he's he's related. But um, uh, he's you know he's got a plan in place. He's saying like the other big clubs outside of Barcelona and Real Madrid, they're all struggling. I want to build. He's going to build a sixty thousand seat stadium in Malaga. Um, he's going to put money in. He's convinced the catchment areas there, and he's convinced that now is a good time that he thinks Malaga can compete with the big two in Spain. And I, I judge it's probably a good thing. Uh, Paris Saint Germain, that's that's a sovereign fund. Um, they. They own seventy. Uh, they own seventy percent of the club. They will be subject not just to financial p- fair plays, but also to the French uh, regulatory uh, mm. system, the, the, the uh, DNCG, which is in fact a lot tougher than financial fair play. Mm. These don't strike me as rich man playthings situations. Rather, people rightly or wrongly thinking they can invest in the game and. Shouldn't we be kind of grateful that these people are putting some money in when everybody else seems to be skint? Well, you're probably asking the wrong person because I always think that I love money coming into football. And if it's via, you know, certain, as long as it's legal and it's legit money, I have no real big issue. And Paris Saint-Germain were a very big club. Uh, they, They came really... Uh, well, they became a really big club in the 80s and early 90s. When I first went to France, they had some fantastic players like George Weir, you know, Rye, who was a big centre forward, Brazilian yeah. top player, you know, some great David, players were. David Ginola? Yeah, David Ginola was there as well, yeah, you know, and, and these were great players and they were spending big. And for the last probably decade, they haven't done that. They've been playing second fiddle. French football's played second fiddle. Yeah. So the introduction of more money into French football for me is a good thing. Strasbourg, I think they went bust last week, didn't they? Yep. Uh, you know, a club that has I played in uh, Arsene Wenger's uh, yeah, club, yeah, a fantastic club. It was renowned to so, be a well-run club. So, in in that terms, you, you argue that it's not a bad thing that these people are coming in. Anybody disagree with him? Isn't I don't see how well, anything well, could be bad with money coming in. Well, let's ask. Well, that, that's what let's ask the inflation hawks, Dickinson and Barkley. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't well, think it can be... It would be, it would be I mean, if they're building a lovely new stadium um, in Malaga, then, um, then that's, a, that's a great use of money. I don't think, I don't think it's the problem with money coming in at full stop. It's just the, the rather depressing conclusion that all it does tend to do is um, drive up, uh, drive up in some insanely insane player salaries. Um, Matt, since I've been playing football... I've never known wages to go down. <laughs> right? And uh, look, when I first started in the 80s, players who played in the 70s said to us, never earned like this in the 80s. Never. And by the 90s, they were saying no, no, that no, about the players saying, in the all 80s. All I'm saying is that there are, there are all sorts of ways of using money to put in. And, and how often, you know, for once, for once um, in a lifetime, it went into um, ticket ticket prices yeah. and being frozen or being decreased. All I'm saying is that, there, are, you know, 
to sort of celebrating money coming to the game, you know, if it attracts great and skillful players to your local club or your mm. local league, then that's something to celebrate. Yes. But for, but generally, um, and and if you can afford the tickets, yeah. then great. But generally, that money just gets yeah. pumped straight I mean, to an what, agent, straight to a footballer. What we must hope is that is that financial fair play encourages long termism. Uh, I'm sure that that's uh, uh, Platini's intention. And if Malaga are to build a new stadium, are to build an academy, are, uh, if Paris Saint-Germain are to do similar things, and I think there is some evidence that Manchester City are thinking long term. They have to. If, sorry? They have to. Exactly. Because they now have to. So that the uh, rather crass sort of overspending uh, that we that we saw in, in uh, that perhaps I'm, I'm thinking of Blackburn Rovers, but that's not not a mm. good description of what Jack Walker did. I mean, I think we all approved of that. Um, but um, that sort of thing, uh, I hope it will be something of the past, and that people will will grow football clubs. Um, in a in an organic sort of way by increasing the stadiums, which it's been shown more or less everywhere, increases the crowd. People prefer a comfortable mm. new stadium, um, uh, and 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 by by building the academies, which is of course the the best way now under financial fair play to discover and and indeed the equivalent regulations that the leagues have. You can have Ferguson's twigged this. Nobody, nobody's mentioned this. That Ferguson's got the biggest squad in the world because homegrown players. You can have as many as you like. I just love the thought of more competitive teams, you know, involved in every championship. I think the Champions League has been pretty much a dead rubber, the group phases, you know, where all the best teams are going through quite comfortably. And I love more teams challenging, like Man City and if it's Malaga in Spain and PSG in France, great. Better for the game. Well, there you go. Gentlemen of the golf, we like the colour of your money. All right, how about some quick hits? I know Tony's all excited. Alex McLeish was accused of being defensive at Birmingham, but in Villa scoreless draw with Fulham, he played Heskey and Egbon Lahore and Bent up front, plus in Zogby midfield. Cass, he's not really a bus parker, is he? Yeah. And how well how well will Big Ek do this season? Well, they still didn't look like scoring. Apart from Bent, you know, they have lost Stuart Downing and Ashley Young, which is a, a big difference, and certainly having Egbon Lahore and Heskey. So I think they'll be at best mid-term but I think they're very, very reliant on Darren Bent. He's going to have to get probably 15 goals for Villa to have a half-decent season. They wouldn't bet against him. Sebastian Larson moved for nothing in the summer and scored an absolute peach of a goal as Sunderland grabbed a point at Liverpool. Paddy, how good is this guy? Is he Sunderland's best summer signing? Certainly looks so at the moment. I mean, that was, as you say, a peach of a... They're nothing better than those controlled volleys. But... Um, I mean, in football, of course. Um, there are better things out there in the world. But, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think Larson's a very good player and getting better and better as uh, as his career goes on. One that got away from Arsenal, lest we forget. The best things in life are free, like Sebastian Larson. Speaking of Liverpool, they played well in the first half and then ran out of steam in the second. Dicko, what's missing apart from the man they call Stevie G? Well, this is a new season. This is this is the real test of Doug Leach now. It's it's his team, his signings. Uh, he's got to build. Um, he's got to build some slickness. Um, 
and uh, he's got to get Andy Carroll fit, um, very, very fit. I'm still, uh, I'm still troubled by Andy Carroll, to be honest, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be watching him very closely. Anyway, Gab, one for you, and I was thinking about this while really enjoying last night's Spanish Super Cup first leg on the telly. Thought it was absolutely terrific English style in a way game. Anyway, Jose Mourinho said that the gap between Real and Barcelona had been closed this summer. Do you see any evidence of that last night? Um, in some ways, yes, because uh, uh, Real Madrid went out there and I thought they were outstanding in the first half. Very unlucky to go down 2-1 down. Um, but the flip side is you wonder psychologically if this is going to affect them a little bit because they're playing a Barcelona side uh, who started the match without Xavi, without Pique, without Busquets. Uh, and, you know, with this bizarre Abidal-Mascherano uh, uh, partnership at the back and Keita. And the fact of the matter is they drew 2-2 at home, which is not the greatest of results. Thank you for choosing to share your day with us. Remember, you can go to www.thetimes.co.uk. You'll find your news, your gossip, your analysis. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at at Marcotti. Patty, you're at? Uh, P. Barkley Times. There you go. Cass? You have an account, but you don't tweet. That's okay. We like you anyway. No tweeting. And of course, our web chats. Mine's on Tuesdays, and Patty's is on Mondays. Till next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.